When I stand on this dais, I gratefully and respectfully remember the founder pastor of this church, Pastor K.V. Kurian, who had a very special love for me and honored the God-given gift in my life. Similarly with Pastor Finney Samuel. Thank you, dear Pastor, for your love and respect to me. Shall we turn to the scripture? First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 3 seems to be a very, very unimportant verse. Can someone read in English? Remind in Ephesus. Title of today's sermon is Don't Quit. Two questions arise in my heart. Timothy is the spiritual son of Paul. Couldn't he give a command? An order to this young man? There is an important lesson. When someone is in stress, when someone is in confusion, it's not a time to command. Second lesson. How did Paul know that Timothy want to quit. A praying man sitting afar off can read the heart of his children. Timothy, don't leave. Life is full of stress. Things happen quite unexpectedly. I, have, I had a lot of junior officers when I was working under me whom I trained. One of them moved to North India in connection with her job. One night she called me and said, Sir, I want to quit my job. I can't go forward. When somebody is in trouble, you should have a heart to hear what they want to say. I patiently heard what all she said. 
after she finished i started speaking to her i encouraged her strengthened her pointed out her good qualities and finally i prayed for her then she said sir how blessed was my time working under you but remember you won't get the right people always in your life in your job you may want to quit in your marital relationship you may want to quit from your ministry you may want to quit many a time i felt i should stop preaching because a lot of people dislike for no reason <laughs> you are called for a purpose Amen. i'll give you seven reasons I love the number 7. Why Paul said don't quit from chapter 1 itself. Number 1. I have no time to read the whole verse. I will pinpoint certain words. In verse 2, first point Paul says you are my son Timothy you are my son I went through the same struggles and I overcame it I have two boys I have already told them no unsolicited advice Only when you come to me for advice I am there. And whenever they come to me in their troubles I tell them you are my son. My younger generation look at this gray heads the troubles that they went through were much much more difficult than what you face in life they have overcome it my son i have overcome you too can do it point 2 look at verse 12 in verse 12 you find three reasons i would like to explain why timothy wanted to quit but because of the paucity of time i can't if we go through chapter 1 to 2 you will find seven reasons why timothy wanted to quit now coming back 
Don't quit the second point. Look at verse 2. Verse 12. God put you there. You are not there by accident, my child. You are there because God put you there. Have you felt some time in your life? I should not have been born in this home. I should not have been married to this man. I was counseling one family last evening. I asked the girl to look at that boy. He is the person that God has put in your life. You are there not by accident. You are here today not by accident. God has brought you here. Look. Third point. In verse 12 itself. God found you faithful. God found you faithful. It never going to affect your life eventually how people count you. It is how God counts you that determines your destiny. God has found you faithful. God knows your heart. God knows you are in and out. And he calls you faithful. One of the reasons Timothy wanted to quit was there were wrong teachings in the church. Wrong doctrines were being taught. A few of them call him. You have no experience. You should put down in your heart. It is God who called me faithful and made him, made me his servant. I call upon every young preacher to make sure read. Martin Lloyd-Jones, Preaching and Preachers. I have read at least ten times. It motivates me. It strengthens me about my calling. Fourth point. In verse 12 itself. He enabled me. We are not building a kingdom of ours. It is his kingdom. It is his job. We are only instruments in his hand. Am I building my kingdom? Am I trying to project to me? Am I trying to get
noticed by others it is his kingdom it is his job he enables me he strengthens me hallelujah i'll quote one of the greatest statements of martin lloyd jones can we call our meetings revival meetings miracle working meetings but none of the apostles call their meetings in the book of acts as revival meetings nor miracle meetings why because they knew the revival comes from above the miracle comes from above we are just normal human beings fifth point in verse 11 there is a statement there is a word glorious gospel glorious gospel equals christ jesus I love the youngsters who sang the songs. We are here to lift up his holy name. None else should be priest here. The only person to be lifted up here is Jesus. If you forget anything and everything but never forget to name his holy name the more you speak about him the more you meditate about him the more you ponder about his words i can guarantee you his character will come out through your life you are representing a glorious gospel ha have you forgotten gospel are we giving importance to many other things than the gospel paul says i am not ashamed of the gospel my son my daughter you are here because of the glorious gospel the moment i ponder his sacrifice his unblemished love towards me my preachings are meaningless unless and until i speak about him sixth reason look at verse 15 i am the most unworthy 
always remember we have no goodness in us we have absolutely no goodness in us whenever i take this book to preach i remember and realize that i am the most unworthy i am the least of the sinners the more i realize my worthlessness the more i will lean on him i repeat the more i realize my worthlessness the more i will lean on him my dear brothers and sisters am i a good preacher because of my oratory skill do you sing well because you have a good voice do you organize the church affairs because of your organizing ability no all credit should go to him i am the most unworthy i call church as a place where sinners gather to proclaim his holy name and show the world how god changes sinners to saints i'm good at comparing myself with others and finding fault with others but the more i realize my unworthiness i realize they are much better than me when i look upon my ministry for the last 30 years 30 35 years the more i have grown the more closer i walk through the lord i understand my incapacity my inability my worthlessness Timothy it is not you it's not your ability it's not your oratory skill that you are in Ephesus you face two kinds of challenges one the pressure from the inside church other the stronghold of the land of ephesus both can be attacked only through one means that is nothing other than prayer 
my house can be called house of performance. No, it is called house of prayer. The more I realize my unworthiness, my prayer time increases. I always teach, prayer is meant for weak people. Strong people do not need prayer. Able people do not need prayer. When you pray, we are telling the master, I can do it. You need to do it for me. And the last, the seventh, but not the least. I was wondering why the doxology in chapter 1? Why couldn't be it at the last chapter, the last verse? In all other epistles you find like that. The doxology, the honor, the worship of God comes at the end. Paul wanted to tell as the seventh and most important point. My son, you are serving a great God. Allow Pastor Charles' words today morning. I put it differently. We have underestimated our God. We consider him for our small needs. Not for bigger needs. My son, you have a great God. I coined a name for this book. It is the book of evidences. A book of evidences of the greatness of my God. The book of evidences how far my God can reach. The book of evidences that my God is timeless. When I pray here, miracle happen elsewhere. My God is not space bound. Ha! What a mighty God I serve. I am worthless, I realize. But I realize I have a great God inside me. Smith Wigglesworth once stated an excellent statement. I am a small man outside. But I am a big man inside. You may not see it, but I realize you experience it every day. My child of God, you have a great God in your life. When you walk into a home, when you walk into your office, when you walk into your church, realize 
God wants to do something greater through you. Hallelujah. I'll conclude with one experience. The Holy Spirit just reminded me to share. I was working in a city in India named Pune. I got transferred from Pune to a, to a village office, which was mandatory. My friends told me, Pastor, don't tell that you are a pastor. It's a very big stronghold of a nominal Catholic group called Jacobites. But the very week I reached that place, it's called Pambakuda. I preached in a convention. Being a small village, the whole village came to know that the manager of that bank is a pastor. I joined on June 12th, 2002, 2002. September 25th, we have half yearly closing in September and March. My boss called me and said, Savior, you have not grown to my expectations. You are useless. You are useless. Tell you, my friends, I started walking in my bank's customer lounge early morning and started speaking in tongues and pray. I knew I am incapable. I knew I am inefficient. But I knew a God who is great and marvelous. And when that year entered, my branch was named top-rated branch the entire South India. Was it our ability? My Timothy, my son, you are going to win the race in Ephesus, not by, by your ability, but you have a great God. My dear child of God, don't run away. Don't quit because you have a great God. Shall we all stand up in the presence? I have a desire, the Holy Spirit gave into my heart to pray for you. Can we close our eyes? I don't want to see you. Yes, I felt like quitting. But I know I have a great God. 
Can you please raise your voice? I want to raise your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, we come to the throne of grace. Yes, we are foolish. Yes, we fail. Yes, we feel like running away. But today morning, we trust you again. We know that you are a great God who works through my unworthiness. Lord, touch every soul that raised their hands. Give them victory over the areas in which they struggle. Let the Spirit of the Lord move in their hearts today morning with the authority that you have laid upon me. I bless God's people in the name of Jesus. Let thy name be glorified. In Jesus' name I pray. May the good Lord bless you all. Thank you.